On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk with New York City adoption attorney Anthony Zarika. He shares his insight about New York adoption law. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. This is the show all about domestic infant adoption and helping you on your journey to adopt faster, cheaper, with less stress, so you can see your dream come true, the dream of becoming parents through domestic infant adoption. So thank you so much for listening. My name's Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad. Excuse me, I'm an adoptive dad of two, and my wife and I are working on number three. We've just gotten all of our uh, home study done. We've got our adoption profiles done. We actually did another adoption video, which I highly recommend. Uh, If you haven't seen ours yet, um, you can look, uh, there's several blog posts that I put on infantadoptionguide.com that you can check out. And the recent one is all about number three here, so you can see our latest video, and I highly recommend you checking that out and putting one together yourself, because uh, our first two adoptions, uh, those videos made all the difference in the world. So check that out, and uh, let me know what you think. Okay, so today, on this episode, I'm excited to share this interview with you today about with Anthony Zarika. He's an adoption attorney in New York, as I said, and uh, you can hear his passion in his voice about adoption and helping people, and uh, you'll hear in his answers, uh, just he has a really good plan. He's got, um, he's very confident and he's very positive, and uh, it makes me, I mean, if I was living in New York City and New York State, I'd be calling him up and, and uh asking him how we can make our adoption happen because he's he's got that kind of a, a drive and initiative and uh, passion to, to help people. So I'm excited to share with you his uh, the interview with him today. He's at New York, let's see, let me give you his website, NYC Adoption, back up one more time, nycadoptionlawyer.com. And in there, uh, you'll be able to see his links to Facebook, his uh, Twitter, and his LinkedIn pages. And uh, he's pretty active on all that stuff. And so I would recommend following him there, and especially if you live in New York and New York City. And really, that's the reason why I wanted to do this show is because I can see uh, through statistics on who comes to the website that there's a lot of you that come from, that live in New York, and specifically New York City. So, and I've seen people in Facebook groups and other places that kind of struggle with New York adoption law, um, specifically how much to pay and how much is reasonable to pay and who should you go with and do you go through an adoption attorney? Do you go through an adoption agency? What's the difference? So we talk about all that in the interview. So let's get into talking with Anthony Zarika right now. Okay, everybody. Today we have on the podcast Anthony Zurika, who is a adoption attorney from New York City, and uh, Anthony has been uh, gracious enough to come on the show and talk about adoption law. He's been an adoption attorney for several years. He's very passionate about adoption. Uh, he has two children of his own. Uh, him and his wife live in New York City, and he's agreed to come on the show to talk all about adoption law. So I wanted to welcome Anthony to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. Uh, thanks a lot, Tim. Well, yeah, I, you know, I've been. This is an interesting show because usually I don't get so specific uh, on my episodes. I kind of have a little bit broader topics, but 
this one really interested me because obviously I have so many people come to the site from New York and specifically New York City. And you being an adoption attorney there and uh, so passionate about it uh, really is, uh, is a good match to talk about this show. And just wanted to quick give out your website. It's nycadoptionlawyer.com. And we'll give that out again and I'll have it in the show notes. So you don't have to remember the website. If you want to, you can just go to infantadoptionguide.com on this podcast episode and all the links will be there. So thank you again for coming on. I, you know, I've got a lot of questions because I get a lot of people that over the years that I've been doing this, have been a little frustrated with adoption law, especially uh, coming out of New York. And I don't know exactly the reason why that, maybe we can pinpoint that during this episode, but sure. You want to just uh, get, maybe you can just give your quick background of uh, how you got into adoption law and why you're, you're doing this. Sure, sure. No problem. And, you know, and I, and I apologize to Tim because he's heard this before when we, when we were first introduced, but um, I've always been passionate about helping children. Um, I'm not only am I a lawyer, I'm also a CASA in uh, Westchester County. And what a CASA is, is a court appointed special advocate for children. Um, so basically we help children in the foster care system. Uh, you know, we look out for them. We make sure they're doing well in school. We make sure that, you know, they have all their basic needs filled. If they're living in a group home, we make sure that everything's going right with that group home. Um, I also work with a couple of charity organizations, one of them being the New York Foundling, which is uh, based out of uh, New York City also. And they also help foster care uh, children and families that just need help. Um, it's probably the old, it's one of the oldest charities in New York. And I'm just very passionate about helping children. You know, ever since I was young, I, I, I always coached basketball teams, baseball teams, and you know, I've, I've coached swim teams, and I was always good with children. And I wanted to put that into my professional life. And uh, one thing I saw was uh, through through adoption. I actually got interested when uh, I found out when I, at a young age one of my cousins was adopted, and um, you know, I was always interested in his journey. I always followed him. And when it came time for me to, you know, decide on my career, I said, you know, this is really what I'm passionate about, and I want to help people, and I want to make a difference. So that's why I really got into this whole adoption thing. And and uh, and as as everyone probably can attest, it, it really is such a rewarding experience. Uh, it, <laughs> that's not to sugarcoat it. There are, you know, ups and downs, and you know, people do get frustrated. But you know, I try to, my practice, I try to make everything as smooth and as as easy as possible for my clients. So. Um, Absolutely. That's what adoption attorneys do. That's what we're you're here for <laughs> to help us uh, smooth out those uh, peaks and valleys and yep. get us through some of these hard times. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is everybody needs an adoption attorney. I don't care if you try to go through an agency or do a private adoption, you're going to need an attorney, yep. uh, at least in your state or also in another state if you're adopting across state lines. So yeah. just get that yeah, out of the no. way. Yeah, that's very true. Um, you know, definitely, even if you go through the agency, the, you need the attorney to finalize all the paperwork and, you know, get everything through the court system, which can be very, you know, not only tedious, but, you know, very tough for some people if they don't know the way the court system works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well, I wanted to bring you on to, to discuss specifically New York adoption law. Sure. And I think the best way to start out would be just, just if you could describe the highlights like birth okay. mother expenses, maybe the, the time uh, that she has to sign relinquishment papers, the finalization periods, things like that. Okay, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, let's start off with some some uh, the the expenses. And you know, I'm I'm speaking strictly as a New York attorney, so I'm not up to date on all the other laws of all the other states. So you know, it could differ if you're in a different state right now. Um, but as for some birth mother expenses for the medical for medical expenses, um, the, the the adopting family 
is going to be responsible for the mother's and the child's medical expenses if the mother has no insurance coverage. However, some birth mothers do have um, Medicaid or other types of private insurance that will cover their medical expenses. Um, also, the child's expenses uh, are usually going to be covered by Medicaid um, if the mother's Medicaid eligible. Um, if not, New York law specifically provides that the adoptive parent's family medical plan will cover the child's expenses if the plan is issued by a New York insurance company. So, th so that's an important thing to note. Mm -hmm. um, uh, therefore, a lot of the medical expenses are going to be minimal um, uh, if you follow that route going through the New York insurance company. Um, as for the attorney, now in New York, the, it's not required that the birth mother have an attorney, but it's almost... 99% of the cases where the, where the birth, birth parent needs to have their own attorney. Um, and the adopting family can also, uh, is also required to take care of that. Uh, and you can expect to pay approximately 1500 to 2000 for that attorney for the birth parent. Um, we also have other expenses could be uh, mother's counseling services, which, you know, they range. They could fluctuate, and I'm, I'm sure in uh, most states, uh, you know, you, you could get a, you know, a baseline number off of that. And then there's also mother's living expenses. Uh, the New York law actually allows the birth mother to be reimbursed for up to three months of actual living expenses. So um, there is a lot of money that is given to the birth mother, which helps. Um, a lot of people need that help. So. I think uh, I know it's hard when you go online. You try to look up all this information. You know, a lot of people get frustrated because there aren't really hard numbers there. But I, I think that this gives you a very good idea of some of those hard numbers that you could be looking to pay to the birth mother. Yeah, very well said. On your website, and I don't know if you can even do this, so mm -hmm. forgive me if I'm uh, speaking out of uh, line or anything. But on your website, is there is it even possible to list some of the adoption laws, like just in general, like you, some of the things you just said? Yes, you def definitely can list laws like that. Um, you know, all of it's free public information. So, you know, you could do um, not necessarily the numbers because those could fluctuate. So, you know, where someone may be going to a counseling service that pays that costs X amount of dollars, um, you know, those numbers are going to differ. Sure. Um, but the actual New York law that, that, that speaks about covering uh, families' medical plans and things like that, that can 100% be listed on my site. And I'm actually, I actually throw, the, I throw up links like that on my Twitter from time to time. So, uh, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the show, we'll give out my Twitter information and, uh, you, know, you know, people can follow me on there and get some information like that. But, um, yeah, that stuff is not, not, it's not hidden per se, but it's not easy to find. And, right. uh, you know, you just ask questions and, you know, someone will help you out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think with a website like yours, NYC Adoption Lawyer, then man, you've got the perfect opportunity to put on there uh, everything there is to know about adoption law, or at least, uh, like you said, the the limits or that are set by adoption laws. Oh, 100 percent. You know, and, and as with any other business, my practice is always evolving. You know, and when I built my site, uh, you know, personally, you know, I wanted to get across the fact that I'm here to help people, and whether and if if, if enough people are just requesting, you know, just straight facts. And that's what I put on my site. But I really just wanted to get across that, you know, I'm here to, you know, make make this difficult journey a little bit easier um, for everyone that, that, that goes through it. Well, on the um, light of the expenses side, the things that we we're just talking about, you know, I have one adoptive parent write in to me on a Facebook page saying, lawyers in New York are capped with a max fee of, I think, $8,000. My attorney charged 7000 including one failed attempt, one disruption and my son's adoption finalization. Can you describe how adoption attorneys are regulated in New York? 
or is there really a max fee that you're allowed to charge? Okay, uh, that's, a, that's an important question. And uh, as with any other area of law, or most areas of law um, that don't deal with personal injury type issues, there is no max fee that an attorney can charge. Um, there are standards that, that run, run across most of the country, um, but in terms of fees, there is no max fee that a lawyer has to charge. Um, but I will say that most lawyers in New York, you're going to be looking to pay around seven to $10,000. So she seems like she was right in that area of, of what she would be looking to pay for an attorney. Now, in terms of how adoption attorneys are regulated, your first part of the question um, it's called New York Domestic Relations Article 7. Um, you know, we could also, you know, you could also send that out in, your, in part of your show notes, but and you could also find that on, on uh, you know, anything in my Twitter feed in terms of the, the law aspect of it. But it's in New York Domestic Relations Article 7. That highlights all the aspects of adoption in terms of uh, statutes and rules and codes that uh, New York attorneys have to follow. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think that's very important to know. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't know, not yeah. just in New York, but anywhere. I mean, how much should a lawyer cost me? I mean, yeah, I, is yeah. 20000 too much or is 5000 a good deal? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's and, hard. You, you, know, you probably get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably get what you pay for, too, because you, you don't want somebody that's never done an adoption before and they're just... Right. You know, I always tell people, and you know, this is generally not even just dealing with adoption when it comes to, to, to hiring a lawyer, is you really have to go through a referral from someone you trust and know, and because that's the best, that's the best way. It's, you know, it's a testimonial to that person's work, and it's the only way you really know, you know, you know the type of work that an attorney does. You know, just to call an attorney off the street is very hard sometimes because you don't know what you, what can happen. You know, attorneys are people just like everyone else, and there's good attorneys and there's bad attorneys, so... You know, just as 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 a note to all your listeners, uh, I would you know try to go with someone that you 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 uh, are referred to through someone you trust. Absolutely, yes, well said. Mm-hmm. Well, I had another uh, question. Well, really a, a comment in here, and this kind of speaks to, I believe, one of the adoption laws there in New York. This uh, person said we adopted from New York in June of two two thousand thirteen. Once the paperwork yeah. is signed, there's a thirty day revocation period. After placement, we had three post-placement visits with our social worker. Then we finalized with our son when our son was six months old. Does that speak to the laws uh, correctly? Yes, yes. So, you know, you know, one of the highlights of adoption law that I was going to discuss also was that uh, relinquishment, uh, you know, the time that you have. Um, so in New York, a parent cannot sign a consent or a surrender. Now, I don't know if your listeners know the difference, but in New York, a consent, a consent is needed for a private adoption. A surrender is needed for an agency adoption because what happens is the birth mother will surrender her child to this adoption agency. Um, and in the cons- consent, you're consenting to allow the adopt- adoptee parents to adopt your child. Um, and neither of those can be signed until after the child is born. And then you have... In, in most cases, you usually have a 30-day right to rescind. In some cases, it's 45 days. I'm not going to get into the, the, the specifics too much because I'll just be bore, boring you with legalese. But, it, you know, you just have to, as a rule of thumb, you have 30-day right to rescind. Um, so your, the, the, uh, the, the question from your listener was definitely right on the money in terms of what, what people should be looking, uh, should be expecting to happen. So let's talk about that a little bit, the revocation period, that 30 days. So let's just play it out here. Uh, so uh, you're matched with a birth parent or expectant parent, and they uh, baby is born. Mm-hmm. There is it 30 days from birth that it's, the revocation period, or is it okay, after paperwork signed? From the it's 30 days from the surrender. Okay. Or the or the consent. 
So when you sign a paper surrendering or consenting to an adoption, you have 30 days to uh, uh, to rescind that. And you know, there's no questions asked. Now there are specific examples where, and you know, I don't know them off the top of my head, but there are specific examples in case law that allow 45 days. And if it's anything past the 45 days, there's also case law that al that allows you to go in front of a judge and really argue best interests of a child. Now, just I, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to throw out too much legalese, but in best interests of a child cases is a, is a situation where you would go in front of the judge and as a birth mother or some petitioning party would go in front of the judge and say, listen, there was this adoption, but I've noticed X, Y, and Z from the adopting family. This is just one example. I've noticed X, Y, and Z from the adopting family, and it's in the best interest of the child that they need to be taken away from this adopted family immediately. Um, and that, that's, that's something that the judge will have to consider, regardless of the 30-day or 45-day right to, right to rescind. Okay. So she she can change her mind during that 30 days no matter Correct. what no matter what or is there a... yes that's an, that's no okay. matter what yes okay. that's correct but okay so back up back up then the baby is born how long does she have before she is able to sign away her relinquishment oh that i mean she it could it could be any any time after the child is born okay. i mean you could you could enter in a situation where you haven't found the found adopted parents yet and you know you're still waiting and you're still waiting she could sign the she finds a birth parent walks into the hospital uh, adopted parent walks into the hospital and says i want to adopt this baby she could sign it right then and there as long as the child's been born is, uh, she could all wait a few months you know whenever it, it, it's her time frame sure to, sure uh, but is there a to, minimum uh, though like if the, uh, the, the adopted parents are already waiting is there a minimum wait period no there is no minimum as okay. soon as the child's born they could sign papers in the hospital Immediately. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that there's in some states, and I've adopted twice, and it's different in each state that we've adopted in, but uh, it could be 24 hours. I think one of them was 72 hours. So there was a three day basically window there that we had to wait before the baby was able to be placed with us. Okay. Yeah. No, so, no, I make But sense. New York there is are, not that way. Different laws, yes. Okay. And one, one important thing I want to note, though, with that 30 day time period, is that um, the one uh, qualification to that is if the birth mother opposes a grave danger to the child, they will not return the child. So that's just one, that's one issue that has been resolved in case law that says okay. even if in, the, in that 30 day time period, if the mother, if the birth mother decides, I want to keep this child, if she poses a grave danger to that child, the, the court system will not return that child. And by grave danger, we mean, you know, maybe she is a, a drug addict or, you know, something along those lines. But, you know, it's in the court's determination. Okay. And babies can be placed with attorneys or only adoption agencies, or how does that work? Okay, so babies can cannot... New York does not allow adoptive parents to finalize an adoption in New York for if, if it's not an unlicensed agency. So an attorney would not would not be a licensed agency to, to accept children, or an adoption facilitator. So those are two very and, and you know and I'm, I'm 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 hoping all the states have that because it's a very very important distinction. You know we in New York we really want to you know make sure that these kids are going to the right these children are going to the right places, and the right people with their right interest with their best interests are taking care of these children. Um, so and and for the same reason that. 
that children cannot be placed with an unlicensed agency or an adoption facilitator, New York lawyers are not allowed to refer a child or a birth mother to an adoptive family for compensation. So let me just give you an example. If someone came to me and said, Anthony, um, you know, I want to, I, I, I want to, I want to I want to put my child up for adoption. I just can't, you know, I need I need to put my child up for adoption. I can't go to uh this couple down the street that I'm working with and say, "Listen, you have to pay me $5,000 or whatever the case may be and I will, you know, I'll send you this family." It, it, it New York law, New York law does not allow that. Um we cannot as lawyers, we're not allowed to refer children uh for compensation, which is which is, you know, I think a, I think it's a very important law. So if somebody came to you, if an expectant mom came to you like that and said, hey, I want to make an adoption plan, you would have to refer to her to an agency. No, I could I could refer her to I could refer her to you know it, when I I have I have clients come to me and you know and I help them find children or I help them uh, you know I help them um, you know find birth mothers prospective birth mothers, but I cannot be compensated for that. Ah, okay, gotcha, I can't be gotcha. compensated for that, that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You can be compensated only for the actual legal work. Legal work that you do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that does make sense. And I don't think all states are that way, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on. uh, Talking about what New York attorneys, adoption attorneys, can provide. A big question always comes up. It's not just New York, but uh, all states. Is if they do, if an adoptive family goes through an adoption attorney, how do they get, how do they know that counseling is going to be able to be provided to that expectant mom before, during, and after placement? So specifically in the law, there isn't anything that says uh, an, an adoption attorney needs to count, needs to, you know, provide counseling services. However, attorneys such as myself and other attorneys I've worked with, you know, we provide certain things and, you know, you've went through this before, Tim, so, you know, I'm, I'm not telling you anything new, but, you know, what I, what I specifically do for my clients, and I'm sure most other attorneys do similar, similar type, type work, is we provide what's called an adoption plan. You know, with that adoption plan, um, we help you obtain, we help a birth mother obtain some prenatal care, counseling, legal services, um, we help assist with the living expenses, whether that's through the birth mother or through uh, state-run uh, agencies that help provide provide uh, living expenses. Um, we create that adoption plan that helps you go from when you find out you're pregnant, when you're going through your pregnancy, when you're going through your birth, and then even after your birth, we want to make sure that you know everything is in place for you to succeed. You know whether you're giving up your child for adoption, you decide to keep your child, whatever whatever situation it is. You know it's all about the best interest of my client, and most other attorneys that work in this field are, are like that. So you know it, it, it it's a good field of law in that regard. So um, we 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 like to be there from from A to Z. Yeah, I think that's very important. Uh, you know, birth mother support needs to be there and i think a lot of people just don't know how that comes in yeah. outside yeah. of an agency i mean an agency it's most agencies tout that now we have this built-in support and it's not always clear with with attorneys so i'm glad you you said it that way because yeah and the most important thing is that adoption plan you know i mm-hmm. I, I coordinate the adoption plan right from the beginning um and, and you know everything is, is laid out for you and if there's any questions along the way you know it's, it's all in that plan you know and then we work through it together and how does it work? I don't know if it's 
maybe it's not uh, a standard in New York, but uh, like we've had adoption attorneys in several different states and some of them work on a block. So like your, your fee is $5,000 and no matter what it takes, all the legal work that is all covered in that $5,000. Then we had other attorneys that charge, well, we need a retainer of 2000 and then a, if we do work beyond that, then you'll get charged beyond that. How is it in New York? Right. So New York is is, is the same way. So you can charge um, you can charge a, a flat fee for your services, which is that first situation you described, or you can charge hourly for your services. Um, I've always been a proponent of flat fees because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's less hidden cost to a client, yes. um, and they don't have to come to me and say, you know, Anthony, why are you spending you know two hours doing this and charging me two hours? You know, I I don't like to get into that, especially in a situation like this. If we're talking about another legal issue, you know, maybe an hourly basis is is, is relevant. But when it comes to something like this, I don't like to get into that with my clients because I want them to know upfront this is what you're going to pay because this is the work I'm doing, and we outline it you know, exactly what, what's going to happen and why they're being charged X amount of dollars. Because, you know, $5,000 or $10,000, whatever the cost is for an attorney, that's nothing to sneeze at. And we, I understand that as an attorney. Um, and, you know, I just, I'm just here to provide the best care for my clients. And this, another thing that comes up, not frequently, but occasionally, somebody has, they go through an attorney and they have a failed attempt. Mm-hmm. So say you have, uh, you're matched with a birth parent for a period of time. There's some expenses involved. Right. What happens when that fail, that failed attempt goes, uh, and then you start again, what happens to, does you break up some of that 5,000 or that, that block of money that was already spent? Okay. So it depends, you know, you know, and, and I can only speak for myself, but you know, sure. we, we, I, I do, I do allow for failed attempts because it, it, you know, it's not, it's not the fault of my client. Um, you know, that, that, that some, some, most of the time, it's not the fault of my client that a failed attempt would happen. You know, things happen. Uh, you know, the birth mother has second thoughts. Um, that j- there's just any number of issues that could happen. And, you know, I, I, I put that cost into my fee. So I, I, I don't, you know, if it comes out with a two or three failed attempts and it's, it's just, there's no way that I could provide the same amount of services just based on what the, the expenses, legal expenses are, then I would have to charge the client extra. But, you know, if, if, if it comes down to one or two failed attempts, three failed attempts, then that's, that's in, that's already built into the cost of my services. And those should be rare. I would hope. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> definitely rare. One, you, you, you may see one failed attempt right. there. Right. Um, but you know, once, once you get into multiple failed attempts, it's, it's really, um, you know, you might as well just play the lottery because it's not going to happen, especially with me, because I want to make sure that all my clients are happy and all these kids have safe and healthy homes. Yeah. So can you explain <clears throat> maybe just the different options are, so say you're a family in New York mm-hmm. and you want to adopt a baby domestically Okay. and uh, there's a good chance you're going to adopt, or let's just say you want to adopt in New York. So you're not going to go across state lines. Yep. How, uh, what are the options they have? Is it just agency or an attorney and that's it or... Yeah, so, you know, basically the two options, like you said, are agency and what we call independent adoption. Mm-hmm. So in an independent adoption, uh, the adoptive family is responsible for locating the expectant mother mm-hmm. um, or working with their attorney to, to locate the expectant mother. And this is done through a number of ways, uh, personal networking, uh, print or Internet advertising, or a combination of, of those. 
Um, and nowadays, with the with the with the influx of social media everywhere, you know, it's a it's a it's a lot easier on parents nowadays to get their needs and wants out there as opposed to even just 10 years ago, where you know there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook. You couldn't really tell the world, "I have this safe, great home for a child. I really, you know, want want to to find one." Um, so I think that's such a such a great avenue that we have nowadays. Um, so, like I said, the independent adoption is favored by the adopt, adoptive families who uh, are, are want to locate the expectant mother, and they want to interact with, with the mother without the adoption agency. Some people get nervous or, you know, they get a little worried when there's that intermediary, that adoption agency. Um, and lastly, in an independent adoption, what they want to avoid is the adoption uh, agency fees, which, again, could number in the thousands. Uh, when you do a private adoption, you don't have to uh, you know, pay those agency fees. Um, switching gears to the agency adoption, um, pretty much you know, the, the mirror opposite of that is uh, the agency adoption is favored by families who don't want to go through that time and trouble of going onto Facebook and going onto Twitter and running their own campaigns. And they don't want to screen calls from, you know, expectant mothers. It's it just people that are a little leery of that whole social social media aspect or that marketing aspect, or don't have, you know, that marketing in their blood. Um, and uh, also, they just want to have that little extra layer of professionalism that the, the adoption agency will have. Um, if you if you're just going with an independent route and not even using a, a, an attorney, some people feel that an adoption agency has that. Um, almost business-like structure to it, rather than an independent adoption where it's, it's, more, um, it's more fluid and it's more, um, you know, it, it's tougher to say, you know, we're going to go A to B to C, um, whereas in the agency adoption, it's very A to B to C. Um, so, it, you know, it, there's, there's pros and cons of both. And, um, you know, as a, as a lawyer, I work for agencies, um, you know, finalizing court paperwork, and I help, uh, help, uh, families doing independent adoptions as well. So I don't have a, I have a horse in either race, um, but you know I, I feel whatever is best for my client. If they come into me and they tell me what they want, I tell them which route to go. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just piggybacking on that a little bit. There are certain laws, and I don't know what you can talk, speak to the laws in New York. What are the laws for if a, if you're doing an independent adoption and you want to do advertising? Is there can you advertise outside of New York State? Um, you know what? That's a great question. I know in New York you can advertise, you know, as much as you want. And I would assume, and you know, I don't, and I apologize, I don't know every law, but I would assume, and you know, I'll I'll back this up, you know, on my Twitter, on my Facebook, is that yes, you can um, advertise. Um, I, I don't I don't recall reading anything in any type of law or in any classes I've taken or any any other attorneys I've worked with that says you can't um, advertise out of state as a as a New York adopting couple um, because you know in in getting into you know interstate adoptions a whole another topic that we can spend an hour on right but um, you know the laws are favor favorable in the sense that. Uh, they want these kids adopted. They want these children adopted, and they want the families to. Um, they want to find good families for, for these children. Uh, so they kind of make the laws almost uh, uh, reciprocating in a lot of states where, you know, if state A agrees to state B's laws, 
or uh, the paperwork that's filed, then they're not going to fight this this uh, this extradition of a child from one state to the next. They're going to try to make this. They're going to try to make it as smooth as possible. But again, going into interstate adoption, that's a, that's, a, that's a whole other ball of wax that you know we could we could always talk talk about yeah. on, on another call mm-hmm. well and the internet opens up so much more for advertising i mean you can oh, like you course, said facebook yeah. and twitter and and you just even have your own uh, website you could do that yeah. as well so there's a lot of options to advertise yourself even if you want to just adopt from your own state yeah would, well and and the laws are the laws are very tricky you know and not even just adoption you know i i, I have uh you know friends and family former clients that come to me and, and have internet businesses and they say you know, I have a business. I have, own an internet business, and I have a clients all over the country. You know, what happens? How do I sue these clients, or how do they <laughs> sue me? And you know, I, the the interstate commerce laws are so you know so tricky. It, it's very hard to navigate them. So you really you really need to know what you're doing as an attorney, and you really need to know how to research case law, which is important not only in adoption law but just as an attorney in general. Yeah, without specific laws written, then they do fall back on specific cases that have already been. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. Had some kind of an outcome. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> one more question for you. You know, this yeah. is uh, what would a family expect to pay? In it's so hard to answer this. I know, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, so many people want to know. You know, what would you expect to pay? Let's just say from an independent adoption side. So, you're in New York. You want to adopt independently. You're going to use an attorney and do your own uh, advertising stuff. And obviously, there's a variable there how much money right. you want to put into advertising, but set that aside and just speak in generalities. How, how much do you think a family would have to pay in order to adopt? Okay. So I, I, you know, and let me say every attorney could be different, but I would, I would gather to say, no matter what attorney you go to, you're going to be looking to spend at least at the very bare minimum $5,000 on an independent adoption and, and it upwards of, I'd, I'd put it in that spectrum between five and fifteen thousand. And I just want to, I just want to tell your your listeners that just to get the general sense of what they're looking to pay. Right. Um, every attorney's different. Other attorneys could charge a little more. I doubt any attorney is charging any less because of the expenses involved in it. But that's probably the sweet spot of what you would be looking to to pay for an adoption. And the interesting thing, <clears throat> excuse me, especially in New York City, is you have such a huge population there. You're not like myself in Nebraska. I mean, I the pop, we're population lacking here, so I know I have to go across state lines, yeah, uh, to to open it up. Otherwise, I'd be waiting years and years and years. Right. So in New York City, you have a you have a really uh, good opportunity to pr- probably pay a lot less in your advertising fees just to get to the point where you're reaching or making that connection with an expectant mom. So that that you have that going for you. And it, to me, it almost seems to make more sense to do the independent adoption route just because you could save money there. But the question oh. behind that is, if I don't want to, <clears throat> if I want to avoid adoption scams, and I don't necessarily want to talk to expectant moms right out the gate, you know, the very first phone call, I'd like mm-hmm. to have, have somebody help me screen that and get rid of some scams and fraud that's going out there. Do you have the ability to help me with that or through in a social or through a social worker or something? Oh, of course, yeah. We 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 definitely, you know, there's a network of people that I work with. Um, you know, whether it's through the adoption agencies, have their own, you know, vast resources of work. But as as an attorney, if we're going independent adoption route, we you know I have a ton of 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 a network of of, uh, of professionals that help me, 
and you know it, it's not a it's not a one man show. You know we 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 put you in the in, in, we put you in touch with the best and brightest, whether it's through any counseling services for the birth mother. We we always want to make sure that we. Uh, you know, we, we get the best counseling for her. Um, and if you need to screen your calls as a, as a, as a, uh, as a prospective adoptee family, then, you know, we, we have services that provide that also. So, you know, you're not, you're not alone and it's not just me and you, it's, you know, it, you have a team. And, you know, I think when my clients come meet me for the first time, they, they, leave, they leave that meeting feeling confident that, you know, that, that this is, this is their last stop, you know, after this, you know, they're going to start that, that amazing journey with their family, you know, and, you know, within, hopefully within a year, <laughs> um, everything will be finalized and, uh, and that's it. And they could look back on this time and say, you know, that wasn't as painful as I thought. It, you know, it was tough. Some nights I cried a lot of nights. I was very happy, but, uh, um, you know, I just like, I just like them, uh, you know, leaving my office, just feeling that whether it's the first time we meet or we're finalizing their adoption. Would you say the average wait time would be a year or maybe a little bit more? Have you seen anybody um, go years? I would years? say average is, average is about a year. Yeah. Um, could okay. be a little bit shorter, um, but it, 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 I would say the average is about a year. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not when you're going through it because you think it's never going to end, but uh, yeah, of course, looking yeah. back on it, if you only have to wait a year, that's that's pretty good. And you know there's a lot of people that wait a whole lot less than a year. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well said, and thank you so much for coming on. Um, is there anything you think we've missed or something we should have covered as far as no, adoption? You know what, just, just one more thing I wanted to say about New York specifically. Um, and uh, it, it's just one highlight of New York. I'm not, I'm not sure about the laws in other states, but New York does allow, uh, basically anyone can adopt in New York. Uh, it allows adult couples, single persons. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're marital status, your sexual orientation. You know, anyone can adopt in New York as long as you have a loving, loving home you know, they're going to try to help you find the child. So I think that's a, I think that's great about being an adoption attorney in New York, looking uh, as an adoptive, adoptive family in New York. And, you know, even as a birth mother, you could, you know, you take solace in the fact that there are, there are a myriad of ways in New York that could help me find a great home for my child. Well said. Yes. Yeah. I like what you say on your website too. You say, you know, adoptive children have, have become some of the most notable personalities that ever walked the planet, including John That's Lennon, true. Marilyn Monroe, Bill Clinton, Nelson Mandela, yeah, and of course Superman me. himself. They don't believe me when they read my website. A lot of people <laughs> don't believe me, but it's true. It's true. And that list goes on and on. I've seen a long, yep. long list of uh, folks mm-hmm. that have been adopted. So I right, thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on. Uh, you've definitely shed a lot of light on New York adoption law. And I, I just uh, want to encourage everybody to go to your website, nycadoptionlawyer.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, he's got links to his Facebook. You're on Facebook. You're on uh, LinkedIn. You're on Twitter. Uh, where else are you at? Um, pretty much that anywhere there's it? a website, I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of work on this website called AVO, which is A-V-V-O, and that's also uh, on my site and what I do there. And, you know, I help I'm 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 one of the the leaders in their adoption category. They're answering just answering questions, and that's free. You can go on to on there and just ask a question as an as an adoptee parent or a birth mother, and and say you know I'm 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 confused about this. And there's a, there's a ton of lawyers on there that will just answer your question. That's that's a free service. So you know it's great, and it, you know it helps me. It helps me personally stay on top of the laws and, and uh, you know, the cases that I need to, you know, stay sharp in, in terms of the, the legal aspect of, of, uh, of my work. So that, that's a great site, too. That link is right on my site. And, um, 
just just want to give out my Twitter handle, which is NYC Adoption Law. So that's NYC Adoption Law um, on Twitter, and uh, I'm always throwing great uh, links and discussion discussion questions out there. So uh, you know, and just uh, implore everyone to go check those out if they want any further information. I'll start following you today so I can get some of that stuff. That sounds good. Great. Well, thanks again for coming on and uh, just encourage everybody to go uh, check out the, the show notes, uh, all, all the stuff that we talked about today, the links and everything will be in there at infantadoptionguide.com. Thanks again, Anthony, for joining us. Thank you, Tim. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome interview there with Anthony Zurica. It's always fun to, to have an attorney on. I mean, he didn't, he doesn't sound uh, too much like an attorney. He doesn't get into a lot of legalese. He's very straight talker. So I appreciate that. And he really did a great job of um, handling all of the different questions and different aspects of adoption law that we threw at him. So if you think of thought of something after listening to this and went, you know, I really didn't get the answer to that. Go on to the show notes for this episode, which at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 2828. And there you'll be able to put a comment in and just ask a question. Hey, I, I heard this episode. It sounded great, except I didn't get this question answered. And we'll get that answered for you. And we'll get it directly from Anthony because I know he's he'd be willing to, to support us on that. So also in the, the episode and the show notes there on episode 28, you'll hear all the links that we shared with you today, including Anthony's nycadoptionlawyer.com. So um, also I wanted to share with you, uh, my if you haven't already got them, I have four free adoption resources, saving you time, money, stress on your adoption journey. I want to give them to you. All you need to do is enter your email address and I will send you the link to get them. And uh, what that's going to do for you also is just, you'll get automatic updates. Anytime I have a new blog post, a new podcast episode, you'll get them sent right to your email and promise never to spam you. I hate spam myself. Um, just want to share this uh, information with you on a timely basis, and you can always opt out if you choose to. So go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash welcome, and you can get those for free adoption resources. And I also wanted to share with you today, we are in the middle of, uh, not quite in the middle of, but uh, we had started November in 2014. This is the National Adoption Month. So here's where we celebrate all things adoption and just give it an awareness really to adoption as well. And so I wanted to celebrate that. I have a new blog post up about it and it's uh, what we're doing is I've teamed up with a bunch of other adoption authors and um, I think there's seven of us total and uh, we have all dropped our prices of our books down to 99 cents. So including my book, Seven Steps to Domestic Infant Adoption. So go check those out, 99 cents, all on Amazon. Um, you can get their Kindle books, but you can get them for 99 cents and start reading today. So they're really excellent books. Uh, please go and check it out and uh, celebrate National Adoption Month. And one more thing I just wanted to mention, if you would be so kind, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, uh, go to iTunes. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and get it automatically sent to your phone or to your iPod or iPad or, or whatever you have to listen to your music on. And uh, if you would also leave me a honest review on there, what you think about the podcast or maybe what you'd like to hear, that'd be great to enter it on there too. So thank you so much for listening. I uh, look forward to bringing you the next episode. Until then, keep your dreams alive, becoming adoptive parents. It will happen soon. God bless. God bless.